Hello everybody, Rob Howlett here with another club development recording. Just uh, wanted to give you guys an update on the government advice and all of the, the news that's been coming out over the last couple of days. There really has been a lot of changes uh, in, in a week alone since we last uh, did the recording. So this week we've got Alistair Dixon and Joff McGill with us. So they're going to be talking about the guidance, the guidance that come from government, um, how that's changed uh, the RYA's um, guidance to the clubs and yourselves, as well as how that might be affecting saleability clubs. So uh, first of all, we've got Alistair with us. Um, so hey, Alistair, how are you doing? Hi, Rob. Yeah, good. Thank you. Cool. Um, so yeah, as I was just saying, the, the amount of information coming out to us this week is colossal. We've got information from government, from harbour authorities, um, and the RYA have been spending a lot of time kind of fine-tuning documents that they were already working on um, to produce the club guidance that went out um, this week. So if you tell us a little bit about that um, and how you think clubs should be using that club guidance document that we sent out. Yeah, so thanks Rob. The, um, uh, the club guidance document that we've put together is essentially a planning tool. Um, you know, we, we have been watching the government gu guidance quite closely and it's fantastic now that boating is allowed and other water sports is allowed, but we're seeing huge variations in, uh, in in the interpretation from local authorities or harbour authorities and other uh, owners of waterways. So it's important that we provide you know clubs a planning tool that um, gives them a clear process that they can work through, which first of all understands the restrictions they're operating in locally. Uh, then looks at sort of what sort of activity they might be able to facilitate uh, and then looks in the you know from a sort of coronavirus lens the risks that may be related to that activity and some likely controls they can implement to try and control that risk um, but yeah so it's just very much a planning cycle we're advising clubs create a group it might be a subgroup of a committee for, for smaller clubs it may be the club committee uh, and they we they meet frequently, maybe weekly, just to kind of re-go through this process uh, and ensure that they're staying current with all the restrictions and all the advice that's out there. Yeah, and once they've done that risk assessment, we're advising them to create their own documents, their policies and procedures, and communicate with that club, that with their club as well, aren't we? Because it's important that all the club members understand what the procedures are and what what the club's decisions have been as to what activity can take place. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a really strong document, and lots of clubs have been using it. Have you um, got a kind of broad spectrum feel as to what the limitations of activity are at the moment? What what seems to be the kind of limitations of activity amongst most clubs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's varied, and part of our challenge is that all clubs are so different. So they're all working in different environments, as I, I said, you know, different waterways and harbour authorities and similar, but also clubs offer different differing activity and you know they're clubs with very small membership and they're clubs with very large membership so it's difficult to say exactly what clubs can and can't do and that's why we've provided a planning template to help clubs make these decisions themselves taking into account all those factors that they're, they're operating within but I think most clubs are sort of edging towards you know very um, limited activity so it might be the case of just opening slipways and other access to the water and allowing members you know to go for a sail or a boat 
Um, it's unlikely that that clubs are at the moment going to be organising any organised activity. So, you know, potentially even launching things like safety boats. Uh, and it's definitely the case that clubs are unlikely to be able to have opened up facilities at all. Some of the bigger clubs or medium sized clubs will, will undoubtedly definitely be looking into how they can control the number of people that come to the club. So, you know, I guess a club using some sort of booking system, uh, which very much um, stipulates that that booking system is used to control the number of people who, who come to the club rather than organising uh, or, or running any organised activity, um, I think is the case. But yeah, it's limited at the moment and it's important that we all recognise that things have changed, but they've not changed dram dramatically. We're still very much within the coronavirus uh, situation. So we, we've just got to be careful that we're not all running down and expecting things to be back to normal. Yeah, and it, it's obvious that some clubs have been doing that in the background before the advice came out, and they've been able to implement some things quite quickly, but it's equally important that other clubs who maybe hadn't done that pre-planning don't rush into this. Um, we don't want clubs just opening the doors and, and getting it wrong. There's a lot of risk assessing and, and planning that needs to go on behind the scenes before um, clubs can open their doors. It's important that members realise that as well, I think, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, clubs have got to check things with insurance companies. You know, as I said, water authorities similar. There's a lot of consideration. So, yeah, our advice is to clubs, just don't rush into it. Just ensure that you're happy that you've been, you, you've gone through the process and you've got a firm plan in place. And our advice for members is, you know, please be patient and support your club to go through this process because the last thing that we want is in a few weeks time or in a couple of weeks time is suddenly for you know boating um, to be severely restricted because we're seen as boaters to be unable to follow government guidance and government advice. Mm. So once the club's got that action in, in process they've written their policies they've meant they've told the clubs about it and that they're carrying out some activity what should make the club reassess on how often maybe should they reassess or what should make them reassess their situation um, to change policy or, or or just check up that they're still doing the right thing yeah again that's going to vary from club to club but um, our advice through the guidance is is to look to do that weekly if possible at least um, you know some clubs uh, are perhaps unable to facilitate activity at the moment due to their water authority or harbour authority not allowing activity or it may be landowner. So those clubs may want to do this more frequently because things are changing very quickly. You know, we're seeing a huge variation in what harbour authorities and water authorities are allowing at the moment. So, yeah, our advice is to do it as many times as possible or as frequently as possible. Uh, brilliant, Alistair. Thanks very much. I think there's some really sound advice for clubs that are going through a really tricky time of planning. Um, I'm putting a huge amount of time in. There's a lot of volunteers out there working really hard to make this happen and, and allow club members to get back on the water. And as you say, everybody just needs a bit of patience. I'm sure we can all get back sailing or windsurfing as, as soon as possible. So that's great. Thanks again for your time. Thanks, Rob. Okay, next up, we've got Joff McGill, who is Sailability Manager. And Joff's here to talk to us about how um, how the sailability clubs are coping with the current situation. Hey, Joff, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Rob. How are you? 
Yeah, all right, all right. Um, so uh, it's been a busy week for all of us, I think, so far, and I think it's going to stay that way. Um, could you give us a quick overview of who gets on the water through sailability um, and how they've been affected by lockdown so far? Yeah, of course, Rob. I mean, you know, in normal times, people of all ages with a huge variety of sensory, physical and learning disabilities go boating um, every month through the sailability programme. Um, during the, you know, during this, this lockdown period that we've had because of the virus, um, some people will be following guidance about staying alert that, that most of us are at the moment. They'll be staying at home as much as possible. They'll be maintaining social distance if, we, if they do go out. Um, but they're starting to enjoy the easing of restrictions on, on what you can do outside. But of course, some people um, will be in some of those other groups. They'll be clinically vulnerable. For example, people over 70 and, and others with certain health conditions like diabetes. And, and, and we know that they're going to be at higher risk of severe illness from COVID-19. And they're being advised by government to pay particular attention to the stay alert guidance. So stay at home as much as possible. But if you do go out, you know, take particular care to minimise that contact with others. And, and there will be some people who normally sail with us who will be clinically extremely vulnerable, who've been defined on medical grounds as at the greatest risk of severe illness from the virus. Um, and that includes people who've had transplants, who are receiving chemotherapy and others. And, and they're being advised to shield themselves, to completely self-isolate, to stay at home at all times and avoid all non-essential face-to-face contact. So across all of the participants and volunteers, there will be people in all of those groups. It, it's really important that those everybody gets the right information so they can make decisions for themselves about what they do and don't do and whether what advice they do and don't follow. Um, and there's a lot of pressure and and people if you've been asked to self-isolate for 12 weeks already and that carries on uh, that must be pretty tough in terms of feeling excluded and isolated so i think we just need to give people the right information so they can make their choices with as, as little as pressure as possible um of course um well-being matters for everybody um and and there is evidence from through the lockdown that disabled people have found it much harder to get outside during the lockdown um, they've reported disabled people have reported that they're spending too much time alone and feeling uh, more lonely more than disabled people they've reported that more often than disabled non-disabled people um, so if there are disabled people who want to get out on the water we should be facilitating that if we can find ways of doing it safely and within all of the current guidance yeah i've seen some really cool um cool interaction from sailability clubs just like all the other clubs about how they've been keeping their members engaged so they're obviously working just like any other club but as you say with some possible slight extra restrictions so there's definitely all these extra challenges um about how much activity can be delivered around the guidance so um you know have you got any kind of tips on that or, or thoughts on that yeah there are some real challenges out there in how activity could be delivered in the future with the current guidance that's around COVID-19 um, you know, before COVID-19, one of the things that volunteers and participants used to tell us is that it's the it's the social connections you get through sailability that's really important. Uh, you know, and, and clearly um, that's going to be really hard going forward. Um, we know that delivering activity is going to be much harder with social distancing. There's lots of shared equipment. There's lots of you know physical support to get in and out of boats. There's lots of buddy sailing. There's lots of people involved, in, you know, including those, as we talked about, those that, who are at heightened risk of the impact of COVID-19. So, you know, sailability is at the formal, structured, organised end of activity a lot of the time. Um, it, it's a complex operation in many situations where it's being delivered. 
and, and the activity that's emerging from clubs and centres around the country in these first tentative steps back onto the water is, is the opposite of formal and structured and organised and complex. Um, but equally, of course, there are lots of disabled people who own their own boats, who've got access to boats they can use on their own or within their households. They're very, very confident boaters and competent boaters. And, and they'll be able to take the first steps back on the water in the coming weeks as well, I'm sure. And you're right about the clubs that are doing a massive amount to be engaged. I've, uh, I've been fairly and squarely beaten at virtual regatta by some sailability sailors and uh, there's art competitions and poetry corners. There's a huge amount of engagement that people have done throughout this. It's great to see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. Um, I was talking to the guys at Whitefriars the other day and they're getting on with loads. Um, and there's also members of normal clubs who might have disabilities. Um, and equally, again, those guys might be completely able to get sailing again, depending on how much support they need, like you've already said. Um, so what are sailability groups doing? Have we got any evidence of what's currently going on? I, th I think at the moment they're, they're rightly being, being cautious and, and, and that's the right approach. There are lots of dedicated, committed and ingenious people organising sailability and they're starting to think about what might be possible and, and when. Um, and they're looking at, even if it's a bit further down the line, they're beginning to think about what might be possible. But, but if people do want to kind of redesign what they deliver and, and redesign activity in a way that fits with the current guidance, or if they want to start mapping it against the route out of lockdown that the government's given us, then do get in touch with the sailability team for advice and support. We're, we're absolutely committed to using our best efforts, resources, and all the funds that we've got from Sport England to support that restarting activity where it's possible, because we all know the benefits of being out on the water, and uh, that, you know it's been a tough time for everybody. So if people can start enjoying that soon, I, I would love to try and make it happen. Yeah. Great, thanks very much, Joff. Thanks for all that advice. Really good to see it from a sailability point of view, as well as Alistair's point of view earlier. And, and I think uh, equally both as, both as valid as each other, and, and I'm sure we'll carry on progressing. As you say, we're there to help, so people can get hold of their BBO, can't they, if they want advice, um, or email yourself. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the team are, are available all the time, so, so do get in touch. You know, I think sailability is one of the real strengths of the RYA, and there are, there are so many people who, uh, get out in the water um you know and and we would love to try and make it happen in the future but absolutely people are right to be cautious um, and and follow all of the guidance and all of the advice and, and make sure anything that we do is is safe both in terms of being on the water but also safe in terms of covid and covid secure so brilliant thanks very much for your time today not at all rob thanks very much well, that's it for this week. Hopefully you found all of our conversations helpful and you'll be able to take something back to your club to help improve your planning. Next week, there are going to be two club development sessions online. We're going to have Robbie Bell from the East. He's the RDO from the East. He's going to be talking about planning safe recreational boating and helping you to allow that recreational boating that is going to be going on at your clubs potentially to be as safe as possible. I'm going to be looking at um, how to plan for reopening your clubhouse. We're not going to be reopening clubhouses right now, but we've already seen those people who are planning and risk assessing in advance can move fast when government's guidance changes. So let's uh, start to think about planning for reopening our clubhouses. And that will be a recording that is also released on Thursday. So two for you to look out for next week. In the meantime, don't forget loads of content on hashtag sail from home. Um, so much good content on there. So keep checking that out. And also there's going to be your forums run regionally by your RDO. So do look out for those. Uh, loads of opportunity to have conversation with other clubs and the RYA team. 
Until then, stay safe and we'll see you next week. Bye.